Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. Uh, this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we talked sneakers, training shoes, if you will. and uh, Neither pair... of us experts. No, I think that came across. Uh, mm. But thankfully, we did speak to an expert because a pair was sold for £1.3 We looked at the resale market, the kind of classic car slash sneakers market. Max came up with a new market. I did, yes. Um, which, yeah. Uh, see what you make of that. <laughs> uh, John Carling joined us. He's the author of White Angels. He knows Florentina Perez, the panto villain of European football, the uh, president of Real Madrid, and he told us a bit about him. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective yeah, on it certainly Perez, was. Um, we had a bit of a chat. We had a, one of Max's quizzes, although I said it. He mm. sucked me into his world of quizzes. <laughs> um, the show, slowly but surely, yeah, down um, to a base level, but it, that <laughs> It doesn't ever known for the That's right. 20 years. Exactly. I found myself doing more and more of them. And Omid Gillily joined us as well, comedian and Chelsea fan out of their big game against Real Madrid. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Max. Omid is just messenger. Only I can have talk sport with one and a half million followers tweet something, including me in their tweet, and I lose twenty followers. There you go. <laughs> right, if you'll keep this fantastic. sort of you'll keep this sort of company, Omid, then yeah. that's what will happen. So I uh, heard the news there that Gareth can pick twenty six players, yeah. not twenty three. Quite a few people yesterday were urging him to pick Kalechi Ianacho, despite <laughs> Ian actually having 31 caps for Nigeria. There's yeah. a bit a slight problem. It's a bit anti Niemi, that, isn't it? He's it finished. Tiny bit. What a goal yeah. that was. But I mean, it was absolutely it was a extraordinary corker. goal, yeah. wasn't it? And about three months ago, Barry Glenn Denning said, I asked him, would you rather Ian Acho or Ian Marshall? And he said, I'd take Ian Marshall. And <laughs> right. since that moment, yeah. it's a weird sort of taking the credit for turning Ian Acho's form around. But he has been sensational. When, when he, he was at Oldham, uh, Ian Marshall, mm-hmm. right, one of our uh, fine journalists on 90 Minutes magazine, Dave Cotswold, went up to interview him and uh, he went to meet him I think at the Boundary Park not the training ground but he was waiting for him and Ian Marshall I don't know if they'd had a day off of training but he ventured in basically looking like a painter and decorator <laughs> specks of white paint his hair all over his face all over his hands all over his clothes and he'd just been doing a little bit of painting at home but well, had not felt he, slipping on the Oldham tracksuit was key really and, I uh, expect nothing less yeah happily do have you ever seen footballers doing DIY or painting and decorating well, I just I mean, something new has maybe been brought to us courtesy of our old mate Jamie O'Hara who's been playing golf this morning as far as we know still is yes but when you're sporting prowess someone makes a value judgement about you and takes a look at you and, and makes a call on it and Jamie's been playing golf today and he, it sounds like he's not been playing that well 
But he said it wasn't helped by the disrespect in the pro shop this morning when I bought three Pro V1 balls and the man behind the counter said, are you only playing nine holes then? <laughs> <laughs> that had me rattled before I'd even teed off. Well, actually, the idea, of course, being that he was definitely going to lose more than three on the course because he clearly didn't look up to it. Well, this, this is the idea that I was thinking about for, for, for these extra three players. Mm. Obviously, Southgate has been planning for so long with 23. Yeah. So we don't... Gareth doesn't really but need... Cards. He doesn't really need need to pick the three and if you, I don't know if you watch any Saturday night television Paul I don't know if your life is more exciting than mine but I've, I've caught myself watching both these talent shows that are doing the rounds at mm. the moment Paddy McGuinness has got the I can see your voice yeah and Vernon Kay has the game of talents yeah and it, ostensibly both shows are some people are on the stage because they're good at the thing mm. i.e. singing or uh, it was being a, a, a puppeteer a finger puppeteer oh, okay, <laughs> on, right. on uh, Vernon Kay's show but what you could do is you could get like a, a, a set of celebrities mm. or just members of the public who don't know anything about football, right? Oh, yeah. And then and then you have three England players who wouldn't make the 23 but might make the 26. So mm. Trent Alexander-Arnold, James Madison, Harry Winks. Yeah. And then you just get three blokes who could be footballers. Yeah. And if they can convince this panel... Of are you with? Are you still with? Yeah, me? yeah I'm with if you. They can so convince they the just panel. Look like they look they, like footballers. They could be like Love Island contestants yeah, exactly. with two left feet. Yeah, but absolutely, if, if they've got the haircut, they've got the tan, they've got the bling, they've got the yeah. Louis Vuitton wash bag under and their like arm. Round one is just a bit of talking. So you've round got two would be a bit of you know maybe walking up and down. So you've maybe, got Harry Winks saying, "Hi, I'm Harry Winks and I'm a footballer. I'm yeah. James Madison. Yeah. I, I'm Chris Smith yeah. and I'm a footballer." And you've got to work out, and it's down to Fern Cotton and, and selected <laughs> exactly. others. Exactly, Amanda Holden, Fern Cotton, yeah, and Alan Carr. Okay. They can sit there, try and work out yeah. who is the footballer. I think then, it's treating representing your country internationally with all the gravitas it deserves. Well, see, round it. three would be, for example, two of them would get together and have a conversation with their hand over their mouth. That's nice, yeah. You know, maybe one would be calling for offside. Yeah. You know, could you do that well? One would be, like, screaming at a referee. They'd yeah. bring on uh, Peter Walton and they'd get thought, up in their grill. <laughs> That's a really good idea. <laughs> We'll pitch it to ITV. ITV. The remaining three players, the yeah. three the three extra spaces. Yeah, it could be a kind of ballot. I mean, we're not doing the draw today of all the remaining players. Um, so anyway, you, I mean, is your sporting prowess being brought into question much as Jamie O'Hara's was? I mind not so much my sporting prowess. I've mentioned this before a long time ago. When we when I uh, when I left Chelsea to go and work on fantasy football, when you left Chelsea, it was a real hole in the midfield, yeah, wasn't it? It was. It, yeah, it's just my. I used to get up and down. I was probably <laughs> exactly. off platy at that era, yeah. box to box. But um, no, um, when I left and I went and worked on fantasy football with Andy on the, the Fantasy World Cup, and mm-hmm. um, there was a guest booker there, yes. and uh, she clearly sized me up and and thought she'd worked out what I was all about, because we were just on a social somewhere, and she said. Um, where did you work before you did this? And I said, oh, I worked at Chelsea. She said, what, for the council? <laughs> and, of course, you can only imagine how Frank Skinner seized on this. And uh, and I got a lot of donkey jacket gags. Well, I should hope so. Yeah, and um, I've got some uh, rubbish that needs clearing. Let's get Paul down to do that. So, anyway, people I make, mean, I've, I mean, people I've do make a value judgment about totally, you now and yeah. again. I mean, they? many times in the Soccer M Glory years, no one had a clue that I was actually hosting the thing. Quite a few guests, you know, sitting in the green room before so they the show. Say, can I have, uh, excuse <laughs> yeah. me, can I get a cup of tea, please? A couple of the musicians, I sat down with one of these musicians, I can't remember who it was, chatted for ages about his album and stuff, and he's like, oh, what are you 
what do you do on this? You're like, <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Graham has been in touch. Graham oh, yeah. says, as a nine-year-old Oldham fan in 1990, I was starstruck watching Ian Marshall washing his car whilst my dad put some four-star in the car. Nice. There you are, just... Ever spotted Ian Marshall around? Yeah, have you got your Ian Marshall either covered in paint, washing his car? He wasn't really a man of the people, clearly. So uh, let us know this afternoon. Our old mate Chris Davis, uh, journalist and author, has been in touch. He said, I swear this is true. He said, I was in Borough Market in London at a restaurant uh, on Saturday, and the the server was excellent, really, really good service. Oh, great. And they got chatting to him. So Chris, he said, he said, what's your name? And, and we've just been wondering, what's your name and where are you from? I think they wanted to give him a bit of a pat okay, on the back. Yeah. And he said, oh, Alan, Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> he met Alan from Brazil. Oh, that's really It's fantastic, nice. isn't it? There we so are. Just to hear a man say, Alan, Brazil, <laughs> uh, was enough. He said, I, I don't sense uh, that he'd heard of the great man because he didn't go, you know, man in. <laughs> yeah. De- order, dinner, food, yeah. eaten, bosh, Bang, done. you know, fish, meat. He gosh, didn't do any of that. I'm not sure Alan Brazil would be a great waiter. Yeah. Do you think? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. It'd be like an old Ronnie sketch <laughs> and he'd be coming, be coming over to the table. I did order a full glass of wine. Oh, okay. I go back, I tell them. By dessert, it's yeah. all over the place. Yeah, it would be, it? It would be fantastic. Gary says, why don't we just take Amanda Holden, Alan Carr and Fern Cotton as the, the extra three. They can run internal competitions. Yeah, that's Keep a, morale so don't, don't encourage him, Gary. For goodness sake, it was a crackpot idea. Um, and we were seconds away from I mean, getting his little um, fisherman's cap out and us putting in the names of about 20 fringe players and then drawing them out when we were seconds away. Well, we I've got a quiz Saturday. for you later. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, it's a, it's a silent Stan related, Stan Kroenke related. So, um, okay, good. He's got three. It's not, it's not going to take ages. Don't worry. Don't switch off. It's it's a real quick thing. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Now, we spoke to James Montague mm. uh, a little while ago about yes. Stan Kroenke. And mm. as he pointed out, you know, he is known as Silent Stan. He has one interview in about the last 10, 12 years, and you rarely hear from him. And it struck me, I wouldn't know what he sounded like. Okay. Would you know what he sounded like? No, I don't know. That's a fun quiz. Ray says, oh, no, not another quiz involving Max. Please please don't say he has an opponent. Not sure he could take two beatdowns in a week. Pray for Max. <laughs> Is he oh, hinting there at the tomorrow's... Uh, well, well, it's not tomorrow, is it? It'll be Thursday's Thursday, birthday yeah. spread. Yeah, yeah. Let's not no. think about the birthday spread no. yet, everybody. This is pretty straightforward. Okay. And is it, not is as... it which one's Stan Kroenke? Uh, it is. Okay. It is. I'm going to play you three voices now. Okay. Um, and you've got to tell me... Is one of them Jimmy Cranky? Because that'll help. No, it, no it's not. Cranky I mean, or Cronky? I think cr- game, I could have gone down that okay. route, but it would have been... Somebody saying Fan Dabba Dozy, clearly <laughs> not uh, an American in the okay, 70s. So anyway, so this is voice number one. Right. These games are about who plays the best, and uh, so, you know, I think if our team plays plays its best, I mean, we'll take the, that result. Definitely okay. not that one. I'm okay, throwing that out. This is uh, this is uh, number two. I'll never forget the first time I saw Gronk spike the football. It changed my life forever. The unrivaled power of his touchdown dance. That's impossible. Okay, mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't be a surprise, and he doesn't he doesn't do that much does press. Always, does he always have like a backing track? Does I think he always has. He like always has. Some, 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 bit of lounge some, music, some going low on. funk going on while he talks. Yeah. Why not? Um, and well, and this is the third one. Okay. We 
he just doesn't speak, does right, he? No, Silent stare. Not a lot there. He's not a man who he no. just doesn't. He doesn't speak. But he never outside, speaks because so he cannot speak, or he a, chooses not to that's speak. That's a clue. And you're telling me one of those three. One is of those three is definitely Dan. <laughs> you promised me that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay, okay. But then, I, even though I suggested one was incorrect, yeah. unless three is taken from like a footage of him standing out on the street. <laughs> yeah. I'll go, I'll go one. You'll go one. Let's hear it again. Who is this? It's These games are about who plays the best. And, uh, so, yeah, that's what Stan Kroenke you know, says. I think if our like. team plays, yeah. plays its best, I mean... Sounds like an old we'll sort, of, that sort of little town cop somewhere, doesn't he? I'd quite like to hear him and Bob Bubka together. Yeah. Doing <laughs> <it>. <laughs> be great, wouldn't he? Hey, Stan, any chance and of some of that money? Speaking of billionaires. The second yeah. one, we'll play a little bit the second one okay, again. yeah. It would be great if he did so. This is Gilbert Godfrey, the American uh, uh, actor and comedian. You often see on the kind of US Comedy Central roast. A bit of age sixty-one. Is that? Do I have to guess his age? No, you haven't got to worry about ages. He's reading from a book that was written about. uh, I think it was a bit of a kiss and tell about Rob Gronkowski, of course, of the Bucks, formerly of the. Patriots. Okay. Um, where did and where the, did sound three come from? That was just it was just general uh, silence. It's if you okay. play silence on the radio, the emergency. Yeah, yeah it's basically you're going to start hearing in. an old My Sporting Life with Danny <laughs> Kelly. And we'll have to leave the building. So you can't have pure silence. So have you, you ever need... done? Have you ever done? Let's see how long it takes for the th- you know like like you and I we play we have a sort of a game where we go right. I'll be silent for ten seconds, mm. and then we we sit there just. Wait, pushing, he, pushing the envelope. Yeah, taking see, us off the see, air. Why not? I try yeah. now. I'm up for it. I mean, I think on the basis You're that the, ten, think, on the basis that ten seconds of silence would take us off the air. I think you'd have a lot of money 10? pledging. Do you know it's ten. No, I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let you play that game. I think um, you should take that risk, Paul. Um, so there we are. That's what if you, Arsenal fans, if you'd never heard Stan uh, talk, uh, sadly, it's not number two because that <laughs> would be great, wouldn't it? I'm sorry, Arsenal fans. <laughs> I'm sorry. It would be great, wouldn't it, if he was like Gilbert Godfrey? Bong, 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 bong. Fantastic. But um, well, enough. I enjoyed the quiz tremendously. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. Yeah. I didn't put a great deal. Uh, do you know what? I went down a bit of. A, I was looking for other voices, and I spent like half an hour doing. It. I thought, why am I wasting my time on this? You say but why anyway, you're wasting your time? Tried texting Darren Bent ten times, asking to press his doorbell. <laughs> Send me a WhatsApp we recording do, we on all, it. We all suffer for our art. <laughs> I'm just imagining Max sitting on a super yacht playing Culver House with the Glazers. Yeah, 100%. Says uh, DC because uh, yeah, you, you you weren't sure whether you want to hang out with a, a group of billionaires. You were saying if you are a billionaire, mm. I'm skeptical. Of billionaires, no, come on, phone in. Invite me out for dinner. I'm not paying, and I'll find. I'll report back if your com- the company of billionaires is worth it because I bet it isn't, yeah. and I bet they're not as happy as you or I, Paul. <laughs> is, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. I'll, I'll buy that. Unless, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about whether you ha- your happiness now or not. <laughs> well, not. Okay. We haven't got time. We've okay, got to fine, travel. Fine. And then we're going to talk about. Um, Training shoes. Right, okay, I'm, I'm happy to and carry on. kind of, and the amount, of the, the market, the market for flipping them, if you will, the market for buying them and selling them straight away, but which do, is Do you do common. them up like a house? You well, get some, a trainer and then... Some people like sort of old, smelly, match-worn, beaten-up mm. uh, trainers. I mean, we've seen a pair sold today, haven't we, for Quite absolute money, fortune. Yeah. Uh, we always turn to Thomas Turner, the, the author of a fine book on the subject. He'll be joining us to tell us more about this uh, market, this kind of stock exchange of sneakers. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. I was just thinking, Paul, the difference, yeah. the difference between, well, there are so many differences between you and Andy, but like, if I have an idea that you don't like, you're sort of politely yeah. just sort of looking through me going, I hope this ends, whereas yeah. Andy just goes, that's a stupid idea. 
That's he ridiculous. Will. He will. Maybe <laughs> I, I should I should do Take, a bit more yeah, of that. Yeah, why not? Save why myself not? a lot of time <laughs> and anguish. Save the courtesy. Now, we enter the world of um, training shoe reselling, mm. which uh, you would think a bit niche. Well, I suppose it is, but it's also quite lucrative. I mean, this comes on the day that a pair of trainers worn by Kanye West sold at auction for £1.3 million. That's staggering, isn't it? Used, yes. they're not even, yes, they're not even new. Uh, no, we know that's not the point. But anyway, um, God, on this subject... They're hideous as well, aren't they? <laughs> well, let's ask uh, the man we always turn on on this front, uh, the author of the excellent uh, book, The Sports Shoe, A History from Field to Fashion. Uh, joining us once again, he was no doubt awaiting the call as soon as he saw this story, Thomas Turner. Hi, Thomas. How are you doing? You knew the call was coming, didn't you? It was like uh, there was a bit, kind of the bat phone training shoe in the sky. The talk sport call was definitely going to come. Maybe we should start with this story, the Kanye West trainers. Were you be, would you have been spending 1.3 million on these? And why have they gone for so much money? Is it the fact that he wore them or the fact they're quite rare? I think it's because Kanye West wore them. And obviously he's behind the Yeezy, Yeezy line, which is one of the most desirable lines of sneakers at the moment. So you've got that... Um, combination of his celebrity kind of star factor if you like and then it being a type you know like he's connected to one of the most desirable uh, lines of sneakers at the minute and i suppose it's also perhaps a bit of you know the whole thing is a bit of a crazy moment at the, at the moment where lots of sneakers are going for a lot of money and people are getting into these auction sites and uh, the big auction houses are actually selling them and it's yeah. kind of pumping up the market, if you like. And these have not been bought by a fan. They're bought They're bought by Rares, uh, an internet site for investing in rare footwear. So this this is clearly, this is purely an investment, isn't it? This this would suggest that the person who's, who's bought them will be looking at some point to make a profit on them again. Yeah, I think so. I think it's almost like you know, classic cars or something like that where people are buying them and putting them putting them to one side and thinking that this is going to be worth more money later on. And it's not, you know, like we talk about this, it's not like every pair of trainers is going to be like this. It's a very small number of them. And, and often it's ones that have that uh, connection to, you know, we've spoken before about ones that were sold that have been worn by Michael Jordan for huge amounts of money or like the ones that have been um, the very sort of very early ones made by Nike that had sold for vast sums as well. Now that's, these are kind of very special kind of one-off um, kind of niche shoes that you're not going to just get all the time. So I think that's partly what drives the value. Having said that, the value is just absolutely, you know, kind of astronomical figures. We're talking this sort of stuff. Isn't it? It's insane. Really. Yeah, it's completely mad. I mean, is this like billionaires who don't care about football buying football clubs? Is, is there kind of a trainer loving fraternity who are angry with, you know, big investors coming in who don't actually care for the trainer itself? <laughs> Oh, the trainer community, they're always, there's always angry people in it. There's all, this has been a, a big thing for a long time has been um, about resellers and, and people buying shoes and then reselling them at an inflated price over the retail price um, to people who are you know, in it for the community, in it for the, the kind of passion sort of thing. Um, so there are people who, do, who kind of get a little bit disgruntled about this. But on the other hand, what you've got going on is almost like an art market here in sneakers. So you've got these collaborations between brands like Nike and Adidas with people like Kanye West or designers and artists or other kind of streetwear brands or, um, you know, famous names. And they're making these very limited shoes, uh, very limited numbers of these shoes that are made, you know, out of premium materials, kind of special designs, all that kind of thing. And they're released in highly limited numbers. And so it's, 
almost like that exists separate to the mass market. Well, it doesn't, it definitely exists separately to the mass market of sneakers. And those are the ones that are really in demand. And they have this kind of secondary, almost like an art market where you've got collectors and dealers buying and selling this type of stuff. And the prices are, you know, almost like, you know, just on their own level. They don't really make any sense when you think about them as a pair of shoes, really. The as you say the 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 main companies that have these they undersupply uh, the market and they have these kind of drops that they have you know they get loads of fans turning up because so and so is going to be on sale. I mean, I suppose it's good from the manufacturer's point of view. It, it kind of maintains interest in their brands, but they they are kind of they're creating this market, aren't they? Oh yeah, very very much so. I mean, these brands like Adidas and Nike. I mean, what they're interested in doing really is selling shoes, you know, relatively inexpensive shoes to people in, you know, mainstream retailers for forty, fifty dollars. But you've got these other shoes where they're released in highly limited numbers, and they create a hype around them, they create a buzz around them, and people are kind of, you know falling over each other to try and buy them and that is about creating brand value and about creating demand for them and it, and it has this sort of knock-on effect for everything else that's, that they're selling they're not really you know like this stuff is almost like a you know it's a, a, a marketing exercise in some respects mm. is there and, and you're just i mean a sneaker expert i don't know if you go you know anywhere beyond trainers but like is there a trouser market like is there like within you know obviously fashion is fashion but it it seems odd that it's just specifically what people put on their feet and not on the rest of their bodies yeah a trouser yeah, market you say i think it's part of a bigger um streetwear scene is this whole sneaker thing i mean mm. sneaker culture ex- has, has kind of existed for quite a long time and people have been doing this for uh, quite a while but you've also had over the last um perhaps 20 25 years uh, the growth of lots of streetwear brands kind of coming out of sports like skateboarding and kind of connected to hip-hop and things like that that are producing clothes and they're producing stuff that's in limited numbers and that gets um that gets resold and bought up at kind of inflated prices. So things like, you know, Supreme being one of the big names in that type of things or Off-White or people like that. Good stuff. Well, um, is there, just finally, Thomas, is there, is there, a, is there a pair of uh, sneakers that you cover? Is there something you'd sell the car and, and whatever else for? Is there one that if it came up on the market, you'd, you'd have to get involved? I just want Adidas to re-release the Ilina Stasi Super from 1979 okay. to just do a really nice reissue of that, please. Um, I would be, you know, very keen to buy a pair of those. Ilya. No one's going to be tumbling over themselves to buy them, though. Apart from me, Ilya Nastasi Super. I'm looking at quite a straightforward shoe with a sort of Chelsea blue three stripes. Um, the blue there are quite nice. I've told you before, I, the Adidas Hawaii, the brown Adidas Hawaii with the brown sole was was, uh, was something I I wore a lot when I was young, and I'd say, bring those back. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's the one you covered. If Adidas are listening, although I, I might be spending 1.3 million <laughs> quid okay, on stop, them. You stop at a million, don't I you, do, Paul? I do. Oh, yeah. six figures only. I used to love them. Uh, anyway, good to talk to you as always, Thomas. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you, Thomas. You too. Yeah, Thomas's book is excellent, actually. It's a kind of big coffee table book, if you're into it. Of course, Andy is. He's a bit of a... The culture of it is fascinating. He's Air For- Mr. Air Force One's <clears throat> man, isn't he? And he... Um, he um, yeah, he's, he took the book home. It's a lovely book. Lovely, if you're into it. It's a beautifully put together Dan book. Dan says... Uh, uh, 
Max and uh, Paul on Talk Sport discussing sneakers is like two social circles meeting for the first time. I love them both. Yeah. Slightly awkward at times. You wait down until I... Well, I, I pioneer well, the trouser I'm market. Into, well, that's right. I've got a pair of, um, I don't know, sort of John Champion worn... Um, <laughs> John Champion, Chinos. That's Match-worn match chinos that he did for a commentary I game. I have some Jonathan... Just, sorry, Jonathan, if you listen, he's pulled a game. I have some, just pulled it out of my backside some, uh, from nowhere. Jonathan Pierce 501s that I, really? I think could go for buckets. The match... Yeah. They've got Match worn, match but that worn. could be the commentators. <laughs> right. The commentator got a pair of uh, s- <laughs> these Sam, cords worn by Clive Tilsley. Sam Matterface um, orange jumbo cords. Oh, really that, good because you can't see below that. You can't no, see no, what he's wearing. He wears some right. horrendous trousers. Happy birthday, Sam! By his <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, I imagine Sam. he got an extra two pairs of orange jumbo cord trousers. Today. He looks about half my age, doesn't he? Painted up in the air. He's had work done. Do you think he's had work done? Do you think? Yeah, he's had quite a lot of work. All the commentators do. Yeah, they've all they do. All had a lot of work. They all get fancy trousers, get work done. So we have to. Do to yeah. stay in that game. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, it is uh, Paul Walsby and Max Rushton here. See, out of these villas, blimey, that's <laughs> extraordinary. Omid <laughs> uh, Jalili joins us in the next uh, half an hour. Big Chelsea fan, bit nervous, I'm sure. Uh, Champions League semi-final tonight against Real Madrid. It's live on Talk Sport. But before that, we talk about the man of the moment, the panto villain of uh, world football, or certainly European football, Florentino Perez. Our next guest, John Carlin, uh, author and journalist, got to know him a bit while writing a book and maybe saw the softer, more cuddly side of the Real Madrid <laughs> president. Um, anyway, he'll be telling us a little bit more about him. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. <laughs> Some interesting stuff uh, coming out of uh, the Madrid media today ahead of the game against uh, Chelsea. Uh, a bit of a feeling that um, they may get stitched up by the UEFA referees after what's gone on with the Super League. Now, of course, Chelsea were part of this uh, setup as well, but withdrew, unlike uh, Real Madrid, or certainly their president, Florentino Perez, who has not admitted defeat yet. Of course. He's still there, just sort of bobbing yeah. up and down on the last bit of the ship, isn't he? <laughs> That's the, it. The uh, HMS European Super League. He's been, you know, I mean, he, he is, as we said, he's the panto villain of this whole piece. Um, but how fair is that? We thought we would speak that to someone who got to know him a bit when he was uh, writing his book, White Angels, Beckham, Real Madrid and the New Football. He's author and journalist John Carling. Hi, John. Hi there. What have you, compared to the, the Florentino Perez, you got to know a little bit when writing the book. Um, to the kind of image you've seen over the last week? How far is it off the mark? Well, I actually got to know him very well. Um, this book that I did, White Angels, I don't know if the writing's any really good, but the actual process of doing the book was great fun because he he literally did open the doors of the club to me. And I, I used to travel with, with a team on the same plane, stay in the same hotel. Um, I'd have, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner with Florentino Perez and, We've had dinner quite a lot of, quite a few times just on our own in restaurants and stuff, even after I did the book. So I know him well. And um, even though, you know, there's a perception of him now, it's not entirely undeserved as a kind of antichrist of European football. Um, I actually like him. He's, he's got a kind of dry, rather English sort of wit. And he's a very impressive cookie. I mean, this guy, you know, I think of all these presidents, so, you know, some of whom have got their money through sort of dubious means. This guy's a self-made man who started off a little business with 40 people about 30 years ago. Now he's got 200,000 employees in more than 60 countries. They rake in 100 million euros a day. They build tunnels, bridges, railways in the U.S., Germany, Australia, all over the world. Um, 
Sorry, so I'm not really answering your question. I'm giving you a little bit of a portrait of this guy. Mm. But in, term, in terms of is there a difference between one and the other? Well, not really in the sense there's one in one critical sense. There is no difference. Um, you know, when he was spouting out all these rather ludicrous comments last week, sort of initially thinking this was this, this ship was going to sail, you know, as you said, HMS European Super League, when he thought it was going to sail, he said, we're doing this for the good of football. We're saving football. Well, when Florentino Perez says the word football, he only means one thing. He means Real Madrid. Mm. Everything is Real Madrid. He's not a guy. He's not like, you know, like you or I, that we just love football and we watch a game involving teams that we don't support because we just love the game. But he, he's not that sort of person. He's an absolute Real Madrid fanatic, which in a way is to his credit, maybe compared to your John Henry's and Glazers at um, Man United. But it's all about Real Madrid in, in, in his life, in the, sort of the, the poetic part of his life, which is the football part of his life. You know, that is where his heart and soul is. And that's the way to explain this, because the thing is that Real Madrid's survival, the, the club model, Real Madrid and Barcelona have a club owned by the members is really in jeopardy, um, threatened by the Premier League with these titans who run it, these, you know, PLCs and the fact that the Spanish League is becoming less competitive. So what I've argued, and I said this in an article in Sunday Times the other day, is that there is maybe a bit more nobility about his initial purpose in all this than there is among the big clubs of the Premier League. I think there you can make the accusation of greed. But in the case of Real Madrid and also Barcelona, it's a question more of survival of this sort of romantic club model that they have. I was um, chatting to Sid Lowe, the Guardian Spanish football expert, the other day, and he was mm. saying about Perez that, that, you know, in Spain he is not just respected but almost feared in a way given yeah. given his profile and given where he is and that obviously he isn't here because a lot of people don't know who he is or anything about him so that i wonder if he would be surprised by the reaction well, he's sort of painted as just you know another sort of comical rich bloke who doesn't know what he's doing over here and he's not viewed like that in spain at all no and he shouldn't be viewed by, by that way anywhere i mean you know th this book that i wrote white angel some years ago was in large measure about about Florentino Perez's genius, a commercial genius. He's the one who really pioneered this business of getting the big sponsors in and making a hell of a lot more money out of football than was made before. Mm. You know, Man United and the rest followed. I mean, he is, he is the most impressive operator as a businessman. Now, in this notion of him being feared, yes, absolutely. He's a very powerful man in Spain generally. He's incredibly well-connected. I don't know if, if this story made, had much of an impact in the UK, but you might remember a couple of years ago, a former and recent president of Barcelona Football Club was spent two years in jail prior to trial. His name is Sandro Rossell on very, very, very dubious charges. And having spent two years in jail pre-trial, he was then absolved completely when the trial came about. And it was an absolute sort of outrage. Now, my point in mentioning this is that I don't think there's any way in hell that Florentino Perez would ever have endured that kind of injustice. He is too well plugged in. The top judges in the country go to the VIP box at the Bernabeu Stadium. You know, he's got, he, 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 he butters a lot of bread and the bread of a lot of powerful people, politicians, judges. You know, he's a man of you know, immense substance and weight and indeed, to some degree, a feared man. I mean, I've written a few articles bashing him here in the Spanish press in the last week, and people have 
called me and said, my God, you're going to get into trouble, aren't you? Afraid you're so brave. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I come from a British journalist tradition. Just go for it, you know? <laughs> Knowing him as you do, do you, do you sense this is it? I mean, as we said, they haven't stood down, have they? And I suppose that proves just what kind of financial plight Barcelona and Real Madrid are in, that, uh, that, that they tried this in the first place and they won't give it up. But... Do you expect him to come again uh, with another attempt at this? Um, and do you, th- you expect to be any more successful? Well, if you were to believe his rhetoric, um, yes, um, you'd expect him to come back at it. I mean, it's like, but as I said again in the Sunday Times the other day, it's like the Monty Python sketch. You know, this parrot is not dead, it's resting. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate, the parrot's bloody well dead. You know, it's gone. And, but, you know, but he, he's a stubborn guy. He's a proud guy. He's not going to admit defeat. He's not going to raise the white flag. But I would have thought that the cold part of his brain, the, the business part of his brain, maybe the part of his brain that isn't Real Madrid, which is much more hot-blooded and kind of quixotic, that part of his brain is going to tell him it's game over. You know, because, and I think, you know, I, I would maybe pass the question back to you guys, but, uh, you know, you're, you're in Britain. You're in England. I mean, it just seems to me that, if anyone were to raise this subject again as a remotely possible notion in the next, I don't know, say 10 years, the response in England is going to be furious. And indeed, you know, the presidents of those six clubs are all going to be traumatized by this experience. You know, you, and, and you can't do a European Super League without you know, clubs from undoubtedly the strongest of all the European leagues, namely the Premier League. I guess I, you know, if someone was to suggest it, I would. You're right. I'd give it a couple of weeks, you know, before, <laughs> before you think about doing it. I mean, presumably his position is, you know, like with all these owners, right? I mean, the, the ownership model is different at Real Madrid, but his position is not under threat because of what's happened here. No, absolutely not. Well, look, I mean, one thing that's been very, very interesting to observe, guys, has been the reaction of the fans. I mean, you know, there's been this absolute sort of rage. Um, among the English fans, you know, most notably among those who support the very clubs that signed up to this. You know, there's been, relatively speaking, there's been barely a squeak here in Spain. Obviously, there have been a number of commentators who have come out against it. And it should be said that the president of the Spanish Football League came out and did a sort of his own sort of Spanish version of Gary Neville on this, to be fair. But the fans generally have not been out there, you know, daubing graffiti on the walls of the Bernabeu or here at the Camp Nou in Barcelona. Um, they're much more sort of meek about this. And perhaps, like I say, you know, they, they understand that there is more than just greed at, at stake here. It's more of a question of, of this, this romantic notion of club owned by members that is under threat and they don't want to lose that. But I think that also, I mean, what we've seen in England is, you know, the, the reaction of the English fans. In England is, is, the, is, is where football began. And it's a bit like a sort of lioness protecting her cubs. You know, don't mess with my baby. Football's my baby. It's a kind of visceral reaction. Mm. And also, perhaps, England's a more fundamentally sort of democratic country than, than Spain. Democracy's written into the DNA. This idea of the European Super League was so profoundly undemocratic. And you haven't got those kind of, you know, instincts and impulses to the same degree here in Spain as you do there. So, yes, I mean, this is a long answer to your question. I do not see at all Florentino Perez being under threat in his position. I mean, he's the closest thing there is to absolute power. I mean, he's a sort of the Vladimir Putin of football at Real Madrid. <laughs> There's your headline. Cheers, John. Good Thanks, to John. talk to you. Thanks very much. OK, pleasure. John Carling there over in Spain. White Angels is his book on uh, Real Madrid. If you want to see the cuddly side of uh, Florentino Perez. I mean, I didn't know about his kind of 
business background and sort of rags, well, no, not quite rags, but certainly to riches. Are you uh, tempted to order a bridge now? You could put it in yeah. between the two cannons you I ordered, mean, couldn't you? If you I've, I've listened to Andy's, Andy Jacobs' attitude towards this Super League uh, change. Suddenly when he think he realised that Chelsea might get a bit of flack for it, <laughs> uh, he is, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's kind of circling the wagons and now suddenly, I think, he, I mean, he wouldn't say he's all for it, but he's certainly less against it when he was outraged last week. When you start having a go at his mum, he doesn't, he doesn't like it, of course. Anyway, we're talking about his mum. Sure, well, we're talking about Chelsea uh, very shortly. Omid Gillidy's going to join us and uh, we'll look ahead to tonight's game uh, against Real Madrid from their point of view. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. So we bring you live commentary tonight of Real Madrid versus Chelsea, first leg of the Champions League semi-final. And we've uh, just been finding out more about uh, Florentino Perez there from uh, John Carlin. We looked at the game tactically through the eyes of Terry Gibson. Let's get a fan's take on tonight. What does it mean to the Chelsea fans after a fairly tumultuous uh, week? Uh, joining us now, Chelsea fan and uh, comedian actor, Omid Jalili. Omid, good afternoon. Good afternoon, my boys. What a pleasure. What a glorious day it is here in Ipswich. I'm so happy to be talking to you. You're in Ipswich, are you? Yeah, I moved to Ipswich about six months ago. So, you know, I, yeah. I didn't know that. Have you, I mean, is the have you got a tractor? I mean, yeah, that's the first have question. Have you got a tractor? <laughs> have you, have, 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 I didn't know that, Omid. Mean, what's what's taking you out of the country then? Just, to, just I don't know. I just thought we'd go out to the country. Uh, I mentioned it to Alan Brazil, and he was giving me all kinds of places to go. It's, it's interesting. I'm the only person who recognises, you'd think more people recognise, I recognise all the 1980s Bobby Robson team walking around. I, I, literally my first day, I saw George Burley. I went, all right, George. He went, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you see, I saw Mick Mills, who's unrecognisable. There's a place, that a poor mariner. They're all in the area. Wow. I love the idea of them all walking around in kit. Just in case they decide to put the boys back together <laughs> yeah, again. They all no. wear that same outfit yeah. they wore then. Alan wears a wig where his hair was much, much bigger. It's fair, yeah. It's, but it's lovely. I mean, it says a lot about the area that they've all stayed there, doesn't it, really? Yeah, they love the area. This is why Alan Brazil travels back every day. Mm. It's a great place. It's a great place to live. Yeah, wow. Well, fantastic. Are you going to take in some Ipswich Town games at some point? I hope so. They haven't let the fans back no. in, but as soon as they do, I'm in touch with some of the hierarchy there. So they've all said, come yeah. along, and it'll be great. Yeah, it's wonderful. I can't wait. Well, Andy's got a second team now. He's got his Brentford season ticket, Andy Jacobs. So I think you're allowed, you know, allowed to have a second team if, as long as it doesn't claim, as long as it's not like Tottenham or Arsenal. I don't think the Chelsea fans will mind. So. Were you tempted, Ahmed? You know, given you know the shame of supporting one of the big six, the ESL Evil oh, Six, of just saying I, I've given up on Chelsea. I'm going 100% Ipswich now. <laughs> well, do you know what? I was watching the Chelsea West Ham game. I was with my son, and I was saying, he goes, "Why aren't you excited?" I said, "Listen, you have no idea. Chelsea have hurt me." This has hurt me. Mm. I'm a different person now. And I went, Timo Werner, always rated him with a goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. it. doesn't take much, does it? We're all, we're all exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> but that is the thing that we talk about the Real Madrid game tonight, which, by the way, I think Chelsea fans, we're all aware. I don't know, have you mentioned the fact that we have the longest unbeaten run against Real Madrid? Are you? Has that been mentioned? No. Oh, okay. We've never... We've never we, since we beat them in the Cup Winners Cup in 1971, we've never lost to Real Madrid. And also, we have won all the European Cups, and they haven't. They've never won the European Cup Winners Cup because we beat them in 71. So, 
There's a couple of st- that was Stato today. That yeah. was good. Have you, I mean, have you played them? How many times have you played them? They've never played them since. <laughs> no, they have. They have. No, not since. Yeah, yeah. No, we we played them in the. Uh, I think it was a Super Cup. We beat them one 0 with Gus Poets got a great goal. Mm. I don't think we played them actually, but no, we are unbeaten. Okay, so it's, it's very good. But they also you you kind of think you've got who's got the moral upper hand here because you've got you know Chelsea left the Super League, Florentino Perez. It's, they're still there, and you kind of think that people said, "Well, who are you? You really think Chelsea have got the upper hand?" And I said, "Look, see it like this: like Chelsea and Real Madrid. It's a bit like you're presented with two burgers. One burger has been thrown on the floor. It's been stamped by the boot of a builder, mm. and the other burger is the burger you pay twelve thousand pounds a year for for your season ticket because you want to watch them every other week. <laughs> so you have to go." With the one that you've covered, invested with. But I think that, speaking of Florentino Perez, I heard you say that, uh, is it me you were talking about who doesn't think he's greedy or was it someone else? I no, no, this was John Carlin who we just spoke to, who knows him a bit, wrote a book about Real Madrid and got to know him and still has lunch with him now and again. Said he, he said he's not a greedy man, he's just so focused on Real Madrid he can't really see the wood for the trees. Actually, no, well, this is the thing. I, I didn't hear the interview, unfortunately, but mm. I started a podcast this week called uh, What Was That All About? where we talk about things that happened. Very lucky to have the very renowned um, journalists, Patrick Barkley and, and Pat Nevin there. Pat oh. Nevin, I have so much affection for mm. him as a Chelsea fan that my marriage is actually in, in, you know, on, on the rock. <laughs> it's worth it. It's actually worth it. But the thing is, they, we were talking about this and, and we're saying it's not greed. I don't know if the interview said this, but as far as we're concerned, this isn't greed. This is desperation. Yeah. And this is panic because they have, they've literally got no money. And the, the big thing about my podcast, it's a social issues podcast, which sounds boring. It sounds like after we've done the podcast, we're all going to put our Wellington boots and clean up the Thames River, hmm. which is basically the only way I can get Jeremy Vine to agree to be on it. But basically... It, it's it's looking at all the issues, and the main issue here, and the main learning, is at the end of the day, you have no God-given right to think that you have to be at the top of your game all the time. And pe- there are people who live like that; they just create debt. The Real Madrid are in crippling debt, debt, and you always wait for that one day, that one day where someone's going to bail you out, and this was it. So, it's not greed; it's just pure and utter not living within your means mm. and greed. And not greed; it's, it's desperation, panic. So I think it's, that's a good point to make. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the, we were saying it's going to be nil nil. Probably one goal, no more than one goal this evening. Think, seems to be the feeling. It's going to be a tight old affair. Tuchel's got them working very hard at the back, and Real Madrid may not be free scoring. Not so. What do you think? I mean, this evening. I, I, yeah, I think that's the that was where the that, that's what the gamblers want. All the paddy powers, all that they're, they're they're going for low scoring. But whenever we've expected that it's going to be high scoring I'm going 3-2 Chelsea wow. I think Chelsea I think Chelsea will win and it will be a remarkably open game when I saw uh, the Liverpool Real Madrid Liverpool really should have put them away and so they're pretty open at the back as were Liverpool away but uh, I think Chelsea's defence is too strong but I think we'll get them on the break we've got Pulisic Werner having scored Timo Werner having scored is highly significant because did you see Tuchel's face when he missed the open goal? Yeah, yeah. That Teutonic disbelief, which is <laughs> hysterical. But I, I think something's happened there, and they're becoming more of an attacking force. I'm going three-two Chelsea. Yeah. Wow. I, sorry, two, not even three-two. I would say three-one. I, I don't think we'll concede that many. But it'll be. I, I reckon Chelsea will get two or three. 
Oh, well, that would be a great result. Where can, finally, where can we um, find your podcast, Amit? My podcast uh, on on the. I think you can if you just tap in. If you go on my if you go on my Twitter feed, mm. um, the, the the link will be there. I'm going to put the link in the bio. So just go on. It's a really good 64 minutes from Patrick Barkley and Pat Nevin, and some really amazing things were said on there. The main thing was that we need a regulator in football, and mm. I think that's the thing. We've never had a regulator, and and, and we were making we were talking about how. If, to give you an analogy, you know, you, you don't want regulators where there's a place with so much money. A regulator for billionaires is like walking into a sweet shop and you present your quarter pound bag of lemon sherbets. Then the regulators notice 32 kilos of pick and mix in your underpants. <laughs> you know, I think, because you're no fun. You lot just suck all the fun out of a party. So actually that, that we don't have an offcom. And I, I was asking them because they knew about it. So we've, we've never been regulated this he said yeah we've got a governing body like fifa and, and they're like the vampires of football they take all the they do distribute but we don't have a regulator we're one of the few industries that don't have a regulator and yeah. that's kind of what, what, what what's required yeah. i'm sure you've talked about this but but, but the podcast deals with all that so brilliant be on my twitter feed good to talk Thank to you on enjoy the game good thanks good. very much love to terry butcher Bye-bye. There we are, uh, all the Ipswich, yeah. France ties, Coops, best, yeah. all the boys wandering around in their full <laughs> kit from the 80s. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show, and we will do it all again tomorrow, won't we? From hope so, uh, yeah. one, well, I say, you know, God willing, we'll be here and we'll bring. If you can listen, great. If you can't, the podcast will be available as always at around five o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on TalkSport. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 